It's the Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine podcast, and I'm Janet Blair. Each week, I sit down with one of my girlfriends, whether it be Amber, Teresa, Natalie, Carrie, Ashley, Tara, Stephanie. We talk about whatever. We completely restore this trailer, you know, fry people's faces off as a bad Mexican. I don't understand the competition that goes on between women. Two girls and a bottle of wine. Over a glass of wine, bottle of wine, or sometimes a couple bottles of wine. Join in on Facebook at facebook.com slash two girls and a bottle of wine. Don't miss us. <laughs> Hello, I'm Janet. And I'm Amber. And we are two, two girls and, and a bottle of wine. wine. Because men like boobs. And girls like wine. Amber Rodriguez. Yes, I'm here. You are here. What's the attendance? Present? Present. I am there present. There we go. Well, today we have a very special co-host. Her name is Doris Hobbs. She was named by Diablo Magazine as the best of the East Bay. She was featured in the San Francisco Chronicle, in InStyle Magazine, and in the Hawaii News. She's the creator of T1D and Glamorous, She, which is the first ever media campaign that has been created to raise awareness of diabetes and it has a great message of positivity and the utmost glamour so welcome doris hobbs Woo-hoo. so how are you today you you just finished a, a photo shoot yes yes just another photo shoot for richandlovefashion.com and it's just been a very very crazy schedule for me lately because i have so many other media projects happening right now and I'm in the middle of transitioning things on my website and my blog. So it's just, you know, every, every time you do, when you, you go on a different level in your life, things change too. So. Oh, definitely. That's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> so for richandlove.com, can you tell me a little, can you tell us a little bit about what is luxury, a luxury liaison? Um, that is someone that knows luxury. That's somebody that can help you cater your needs to luxury and your for the media aspect of it as well. Um, I feel that I have a European look to me and I've always been attracted to luxury and glamour. So it was just when I first started Rich and Live Fashion, it was supposed to be more of a nine to five business look with vintage accessories. So it was supposed to be you know, women that want to have, you know, vintage, like their grandmother's vintage earrings, like how do they associate that with a designer dress from maybe like um, Banana Republic or Kate Spade or something like that? How do you put the two together? So I was starting off that way. And then it wasn't until I started getting into vintage millinery hats. That's where I was just like, no, this is what I really want to do. I want to do vintage glamour. Like, because, you know, I was raised, you know, with old black and white movies and stuff. So it was just kind of like one of those things where it's just kind of like clicked and it hit me. So I started slowly transitioning into the vintage glamour and I always kept the luxury with it, but now it's just kind of, that's where I'm at right now with it. So your brand rich in love, how, how Mm -hmm. long has it existed? Five years in December. Oh, congratulations. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, well, that, that's funny. When I first started my blog, like in the beginning with the whole business wear stuff, and it was kind of like they said, if you do it for three months, great. If you do it for six months, you're doing really good. If you can really keep the blog up for one year, you, you're going to go further with it. Because a lot of people start blogs and they just like, they die off, die, they die off real fast. And so for me, I was committed to doing this. And my, my long-term goal was to have a business out of it. So I 
stuck with it with all the highs and lows. And let me tell you, there's a lot of lows on doing this, but, um, but I kept on sticking through it cause I knew something amazing would come from it. And I did my website over twice in the process and the website that everybody sees now is the updated version, but you know, there's other changes I want to make with it still, but I don't know. I think a lot of things happened for me when I became a diabetic two years ago. Because that's when everything was happening for me, like the momentum of my website was like, okay, now everything's going, you know, I'm getting sponsorships, this is great, I'm getting acknowledgement, and then I got diabetes. And then I was just like, are you kidding me? So then I had to overcome the whole, you know, process of having diabetes and, you know, the, the struggles with that. But then I thought, you know what, I'm glamorous and I have a great positive attitude towards it. Let me put that on my website. So when I did my website over last November, I added diabetes awareness to it because I've worked with a lot of diabetes associations and organizations in the area and, you know, throughout the country and stuff. I was even on Hawaii Now News doing diabetes advocate work there on their um, news station. And it was just now I'm known as the glamorous diabetic. So I'm, <laughs> it's just your, That's awesome. Yeah, so you're always... Yeah, you're always just, you know, each level of your life, you're something new is happening, you're changing things. It's just, it's an amazing thing. So I mean, the last five years, my gosh, I've been had so many highs and lows, but it's just I'm a better person because of it. So I'm always growing. And so your your brand started as a blog. And from your website, Mm -hmm. we see that there's so many different layers of your brand, five years Mm -hmm. later. So what came after the blog? Okay, so I started the blog first, and then immediately after what happened, there was um, there was a style setter contest at the Stone Ridge Shopping Center, which is a Simon um, prop- Simon um, property owns like a whole bunch of malls in the San Francisco Bay Area. So there was this um, contest for to you know be the style setter. So I was just starting off. I just got on the Twitter. You know, I I don't even think yeah I wasn't even on Instagram at that time. And it was just, I didn't think Instagram was around at that time. I what was just trying so, to think, wait, I don't know. <laughs> was it, I don't think it was around. I, I th- what was the other one? There was Facebook and then there was MySpace. Yeah, we're going back that far. So anyways, so, um, so I said, what the heck? So I signed up for the contest and I was like, well, we'll see what happens. So there was three of us girls doing it. One girl didn't have, have a blog. I just had a newly you know set up blog and the other one had a blog, but it was it wasn't really stylish in my opinion. So I was like, all right, well maybe I do have a little bit of a chance. Right. So the contest went on and then I remember going home from a banana Republic, um, event in Walnut Creek and I'm checking my Twitter feed and they basically announced me as the winner of the contest. And this was like, you know, like weeks later of all the voting. And I was down really far in the voting. Like I thought I lost, but then apparently it was funny. It didn't matter how many votes, people got in it was actually the property group was the final decision on it and they really liked what I was doing on my website and because I you know San Francisco Bay Area they said we want you to be our style setter and then we want you to do the Palo Alto shopping center as well I'm like oh I get two shopping centers that's great so it started with that so then I was able to get into with all the retailers and start you know doing collaborations with them and then connecting you know with um, promotions they were doing and so on and then it just kind of this grew slowly. I did that for about a year at the same time doing blog posts for my blog as well. And then Instagram came along and I started doing that and then just kind of just kept on going forward for a while. And then that's when I started writing for a few publications, freelance. Then after the freelance publications, then came diabetes. 
And then after diabetes, I think everything just completely wide, like this opened up for me, the whole world opened up to me because I saw the world differently then. Okay. So yeah, so then everything just opened up completely differently for me. And I was just like, wow, I can't mess around. I got an autoimmune disease now, like I have to start taking this, like I need to start taking my dreams and my goals and I need to make this now an official brand because, you know, I just need to do it. So two days after I was diagnosed, I went out on a photo shoot and it was, you know, I was just in the ER, just getting, you know, diagnosed with it. But I still went out and did my photo shoot because of the fact that I wanted that to be the defining moment in my life to say diabetes doesn't control me. I control diabetes and I'm going to continue on with my company, my brand, and I'm going to make this my legacy. Right. So I did that and it was just inspiring. So then I started getting online and I was like, well, I want to start working with diabetes companies. So then I found Beyond Type 1, amazing organization. So I started, you know, doing things for them. And then I started going to JDRF. And then I started going to, you know, news stations, you know, after I got building up about, you know, diabetes awareness and did some podcasts and stuff, things just started opening up. And then the Vintage Glamour came into it. It's just, it's just funny how everything, you probably know too, like how everything just works its way out the way it's meant to be. Not the way you want it to be, but the way it's meant to be. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So Mm -hmm. there are some people who don't understand or fully know what diabetes is. So can you tell us a little bit about the diabetes and um, the type 1 diabetes? Okay, yeah, there's type 1 and type 2. Um, My opinion, type 2, I mean, I've known some people with type 2, and it's just kind of like the way that they have to take control of their diabetes with the pill and stuff. I think that's actually kind of like, oh, my gosh, you only get two pills a day? Like, you know, I'm just like – at least with me, I have insulin, so I can adjust my, you know, blood sugar levels. But I am insulin dependent, which is maybe the pill would be better. But um, diabetes is an autoimmune condition that occurs in the body, and the immune when the immune system attacks the insulin producing beta cells of the pancreas. So basically, for like I always tell people, for a person that is a type A personality that's always running around, never sitting down my pancreas got lazy and shut down. That just doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense. Dang like, it, wow, pancreas. I, yes, I know. It's like, you got a type A here that's running around crazy doing things, high energy person. And you decided to just take the day off or the year <laughs> off or whatever. It's like, no, that's not cool. So, um, but no, it decided to do that. And it does run in my family. So, um, type one is much more genetic than type two, but, um, and I was always healthy running around and doing fitness. So that's what, that's where everybody was like, you have diabetes and it's just, you never know who has it. It could be, you could be out in a mall one day and probably like a hundred people in that mall in that one area have some type of form of diabetes because it's, it's that common now. And it's pretty sad that it's that common, but, um, so yeah, so basically, um, it just regulates the, um, the blood sugar levels. So now if, when I wake up in the morning, I have to test myself see the magic number. And then depending on a scale, the doctor wants, you know, wants every, every doctor wants, you know, their patients on a different number scale. So I'm on my own number scale. And then I just have to basically, if it's too high or whatever, put, take my insulin, then I go, oh, okay, well, I just took insulin. So now what do I want to eat today? I kind of have a carbless life as much as possible. Um, I do have my little cheat days once in a while, but carbs are the enemy with diabetes, unfortunately. So you can't have your bread and you can't have your cake and all that stuff because that will raise your blood sugar up. And if you're insulin dependent, you can't have it raised up because you have no insulin. Nothing's bringing it down. So I'm, I'm, so I'm too sweet, basically. <laughs> 
that that's the thing. But you know, it's funny talking about sweet. I actually write for Napa Valley Life magazine as a freelancer, and I they asked me one of my first articles was about diabetes and wine like because a lot of people get scared about going to napa for wine tasting because they're a diabetic so a lot of people will go well i don't know if i can drink wine i'm a diabetic so i did my little researching on it i found out red wine is actually good for diabetics and i'm shocked yeah we are actually drinking red wine because it's afternoon it it just hit afternoon your time but it's like 1 30 so we're almost at five o'clock um actually drinking red wine um as we podcast today um and it's actually from dave matthews it's called the dreaming tree wine yeah it's really good and this one is crush is the kind of it that it is but it's got a little bit of a sweetness but a little bit of dryness to it too so it's really nice so what are your favorite kinds of wine doris because you're there you're close to like uh, wine world we're here in colorado where we try (laughs) <laughs> oh well um i've let's see i believe i've been pronouncing it right because some of the winery names are kind of like elaborate out there but uh flora springs they have a really great selection of wine there as well um coppola of course you know you can't say no to coppola <laughs> and then their director's cut is really great um and that winery oh my gosh it's just like a museum inside of it from all those movies um then let's see raymond oh my gosh raymond is so good and it also um his winery uh, like to be honest the outside of it's kind of like okay this isn't really fancy it's kind of like farmland kind of like okay this is cool but i want something you know a little bit more luxury you get inside it is amazing inside so i think it's just like kind of like one of those things where you have two different like people that want to come out there and just be kind of like you know crafty in a way or whatever if you have that but then when you get inside it's all luxury it's like it's like Vegas meets Paris meets San mm. Francisco underground. I, I, That's it's just a description. Crazy. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because when you go into one of the wine, like he has different tasting rooms. And when you go into one of them, it's like you're in where they're making the wine, like all the metal, like, um, I don't even know what you would call them. Like the metal tanks where all the wines like brewing inside in a way, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the wrong word to use brewing because that's not beer. But, <laughs> you know, they're all in there. But he has the tasting room in there. Then he has all of these mannequin girls like hanging upside down like circus, like like a circus in there with boas oh. on and stuff. And then he has purple lights in there and it's like very dim long glass tables down the halls and then like there's like a fake lion that pops out of one of the it's just like you're just like where am i like this is crazy but it's so and mirrors everywhere there's mirrors everywhere in crystal oh my goodness i mean if you ever come down you gotta go to raymond that winery will not disappoint like when you get inside it does not disappoint outside to me i'm just like okay well this is farmland you know like i like yeah, like there's goats out here. Like, I don't care, like, you know, it's like, I don't care about the goats. I want the wine. And then you get inside, you're just like, oh, wow, this is nice. You know, it's just, oh, and then he has a red room. I think I posted that. Yeah, I posted Wait. the red room on. Do you do you read Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> I immediately went to red room. What? <laughs> so you're going to have to clarify. Well, you, what is his red room? <laughs> his red room is just a room with like red velvet walls. And it's just like books everywhere and red sofa everything's red oh red red roses red everything and it's just they call it the red room and it's just it's gorgeous it's like i want to take that i took pictures of it because i want to make my house look like that because it's just (laughs) it's just so sophisticated so like 
I don't know, like I, I posted one picture on social media and it was just kind of like, I don't know, you just have to go on my Instagram and see some of the wine pictures. And a lot of them come from Raymond because it's just, he has different rooms and different themes and it's just, if it it's everybody's personality and, 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 Oh, that's exciting. And I even was at JCB, um, over at the Ritz Carlton. I did a photo shoot there a few birthdays ago for my birthday. And that's a part of Raymond wineries too. And that was all purple, purple carpet, purple sofas, lep- no, the carpet was leopard. The sofa was purple mirrors, chandeliers everywhere, roses. I mean that he doesn't disappoint. It's very over the top. And <laughs> it sounds like that. So, oh yeah. So it's just gorgeous. And then the other wineries, you know, like Coppola, that's just, you know, the movies and it's just more for people that are like movie buffs in a way where you're kind of going and seeing all the different types of movies and things and cases of from the movies and stuff. But then you have um, Flora Springs, which is just, you know, just Napa. There's the vineyards, you know, you have like the cobblestones. It's very zen, calm. So, I mean, it just depends on when you're going to Napa, like, what do you want to see? You know, what what kind of like mood are you in? Because it's just, it's, you could go anywhere and you could, you're, it'll adjust to your mood and your day. Because they're all different themes and different, you know, impacts and wine it's just amazing and i'm going to be doing the wine train too in a, a few weeks as well what is that so, yeah what's a wine train uh, oh my gosh you guys need to come down yes, here. we <laughs> do i yeah you need to come down here and do a podcast um, Ooh, we could do a traveling two girls on a bottle of wine yes we hit the yes. road yes <laughs> you definitely need to because there's so many wineries let me know i will hook you up with them um, you could do like a whole traveling thing where you go to like they're here, here I am doing my PR media. You could go to each one and, and do like a, do a podcast at each one. I'll give you the contacts and you can go to each one, do a wine tasting, kind of do like a review and like interview the owners. See, like see what I'm doing right now. I'm already doing it. Like, yeah. Anyways, um, so the wine train is actually, it's funny enough. Like my parents have done it. My sister has done it, but I have never done it. And I'm just like, why have I never done it? But so, um, through the magazine, I'm actually going to be doing the tour and there's different tours and guess what tour i'm doing the raymond tour so no surprise <laughs> i am not but, shocked um, <laughs> yeah so i mean yeah so i so basically you get on this really nice historical classy you know um train mm-hmm. and it has a lot of history to it of course obviously and they serve you lunch or dinner and you basically because i haven't done it yet so i need to write the article so this is the whole reason why i'm going on it but so i what i've read online you have dinner and you get to enjoy the napa valley and all the scenery then it basically takes you to that winery because they have a list of wineries or like even some concerts going on in the area i think sheila E's performing so that was one of them um so yeah, so then you just basically on the wine train, you're drinking wine, you're eating lunch or dinner, and then you get to go to the winery for wine tasting, and then you get back on the train and you go home. That sounds awesome. Have you mm-hmm. been to yeah, Colorado? Very awesome. Have you been to Colorado? Because we have some some wineries up we in do. the mountains. Yeah, Amber has some experience uh, with that. <laughs> yes. Well, um, my sister actually had her honeymoon up there, and she said she wanted to move up there after her honeymoon because she oh, loved yeah. it so much. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Our wineries are nowhere near the class that you're talking about in California, but we do have some great wineries out here. We have Sparrow Winery where they give you quite the tasteful. It's almost a full glass for your tasting. And it's insane. And they're kind of a little bit more like you were describing the one as kind of like farm where it's not as Mm -hmm. classy, but it's a great winery. (laughs) 
But if you go in, do they have a circus going on inside? They do not. They do not. I might need to suggest that the next time I go. (laughs) Suggestion box. Submittal. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just, it's always funny. You go outside, but you go inside. It's a whole different thing. Outside and inside are two different things. I've learned that now with all these wineries. You never know now. Yeah. So So did you grow up in the San Francisco area? San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. It was funny because uh, I was in, what was it? Hayward, Union City, Castro Valley, like, you know, all the East Bay. Like, basically, I could see San Francisco if you're on top of the hill. Like, my grandparents lived on the top of Castro Valley Hill. So I could see San Francisco from the distance. So, and I used to always say, oh, I'm going to work in San Francisco. Oh, I'm going to live in San Francisco. Because it was funny because on my, what was it, 1985, my first, um, I was born in 81, so 85. So on that birthday, I went on my first cable car ride and it became a tradition. Every Aww. year on my birthday, we go on the cable car and we go to San Francisco. So ever since 1985, I've been to San Francisco every year on my birthday. It's kind of sad this year I get to, I'm going to Palm Springs for a photo shoot. But <laughs> San, Fran- San Francisco, I'm cheating on you this year for my birthday, but I will be back. But um, <laughs> but I'm always there. So, I mean, it's just kind of like now it's just like the point of moving there and making the final move to finally live there but that's gonna take a little little bit longer because you know price of living out there right now but um and finding the right location too but just makes more sense because it's just my heart's always been there since i was a child so that's awesome that is awesome Mm -hmm. now you you founded um t1d and glamorous Yes. So, oh my God. Yes. Yes. What? I worked so hard on that. Yeah. So all that work. Tell us about it. Tell us, you know, everything about it. Share with the well, world. <laughs> well, the thing I, I thought it was going to take off much better and I'm going to be transparent and honest about it because sometimes when you do a media campaign, it takes off like amazing and other times people don't gravitate to it because they don't understand it. And I did a video and stuff on it, but it's just basically I wanted people to post pictures or post videos of what makes diabetes glamorous because too many times on social media people are always posting pictures of their meter and saying oh my blood sugar's high today oh this is wrong and oh this is wrong it's all in your mindset and for me I've taken my diabetes and made something positive with it and my a1c level was um 12 point what was it 12.2 which was dangerously high where the doctor's like how are you still alive I'm like oh wow that must have been bad right because it's just really because I was undiagnosed I was walking around with it for eight months I didn't know so in my life you know I was getting skinnier my my value of life was getting kind of oh my god you know I can't even get out of the shower and comb my hair I have no energy it was just getting really bad I was always thirsty there's so many side effects I was having but I just didn't like go to the doctors so that's the one thing I was just like you need to go to the doctors I feel like a lot of women in their 20s and 30s they just kind of like I don't need to I'm too busy I got other things to focus on yeah yeah and that's not glamorous no so I mean I I should have went in there sooner and I should have bit the bullet and I just but I kind of had the fear that maybe diabetes you know it runs in my family maybe I have it but I was in denial and I was like no and it just got worse and it was just kind of like okay well it finally got to a point where I did blood work and then I was called to go into the ER later that night because the blood work came in and it was at that 12 point whatever percentage and it was just really bad so um so anyway so I wanted to make something glamorous out of it because of the mindset thing of it. So with a 12.2%, I basically lowered it down to a 6.4, which is pre-diabetic level. So my doctor was like, how are you doing it? And I said, well, you're going to think I'm crazy, but not only fitness and, you know, my diet and changing my lifestyle and stuff, but my mindset. And I think a lot of people don't 
take value of their mind because it's free and the things that we have for free, we don't really take a lot of value to. We take, we take it for granted. So, but the things we buy, like if we go buy a Fendi purse, oh my gosh, we're going to guard that with our life. That costs us like $1,800, you know, but our mind that cost us nothing at birth, we're not going to do anything with it and we're not going to feed it with education. We're not going to, you know, upgrade, you know, our thinking and be positive. I don't know. I just kind of feel like people need to kind of get into that positive mindset and gratitude. So that's why I said, let's start something like, let me start something with T1D and Glamorous where people are giving positivity to something negative and changing their mindsets and basically going, you know, diabetes sucks, but it's made me a better person because now I'm more glamorous as this or some people that are overweight that become a diabetic have lost so much weight and they feel so much better and have so much energy but if it wasn't for them getting diabetes would they have changed their lifestyle so a lot of people have admitted to me they wouldn't right so that's enough of taking the taking the mindset of you know overcoming something and i feel like you know no matter no matter how how the situation looks, you know, a lot of situations look really bad, but if you stop for one second and go, Oh my gosh, what's positive about it, then the energy just starts to flow better and you start to see abundance and positivity start coming over it. And the situation just kind of dissipates. It's just weird, but that's just the universe. Yeah, definitely. That's a really great message just in regards to finding the silver lining and everything you can. Mm -hmm. Well, I was, I was in a car accident. What was it? Um, before diabetes yeah it was before I was diagnosed as a diabetic so yeah it was like like three four years ago so I was in a car accident but it wasn't like one of those like I can't say it was one of those crazy like car accidents where it was like dramatic or anything like that it was more of me just driving out of a corporate parking lot and I have a Miata so it's smaller and this big lifted Ford truck didn't see me oh my god backed up in yeah backed up his bumper went right into my passenger side door and so the whole door caved in. Luckily, so here's the positivity part here. So the the thing, the car, you know, the lifted Ford goes into the side of the car. I'm on the I'm on the phone, and I tell the person I'm on the phone with, I've been hit. They're like, Oh my god, you've been hit by what? Like, what's happening? You just imagine someone frantically saying, I've been hit. You know, so <laughs> I've been hit. So the car, the car, the car hits me, and but it wasn't even that hard of an impact. But just because it's a full. Ford versus a Miata, who do you think won the Ford? So, um, I, so I basically, I get out and look at the damage, just passion the door. That's it. So I basically started saying, okay, I'm okay. I don't have no whiplash. It wasn't my bumper. The glass isn't broken. The door can be fixed in the body shop. Miata, I can go get, we can get one from the junkyard and paint it. I mean, I was just trying to think of everything possible positive out of the situation. I think the guy that hit me on accident was more upset. And I said, no, it's okay. It's okay. And he's like, well, you know, he's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. My car's not, but I'm fine. You know, it's going to be okay. Calm down. It's okay. He's, <laughs> you know, and then, so we got each other's information and it was just like, it's okay. So then, um, so that night I got like, right after we got the information, he, I guess he left. I parked the car there. I called my insurance and the next morning I was at the body shop and they were getting ready to work on it and everything was fine. Oh, wow. So it's, it was just, yeah, it's so, but my mom, on the other hand, she got rear-ended once and she said everything negative about it. My poor mom, she said everything negative about it. And that claim took six months to get her bumper done. 
and mine only took overnight. <laughs> but that just that just shows the energy of positivity. It's like if you're going to manifest negativity and you know complain about something, then that you're going to get that back because I don't think a lot of people understand that the universe. If you think about it as a Xerox machine, everything that you do gets copied and comes back to you. So if you want some, if you want goodness to come in your life you need to make sure that you're putting it out there because the universe is going to Xerox it. It's going to be spit right back out to you. So people that are in traffic and you're driving around and you're, you're complaining, oh my God, the traffic's work, the, the traffic is the traffic's so bad and everything. And, you, and you're not moving because now the traffic's even worse because it's spitting that out. That's, that's the result that you want. But if you basically say, no, it's okay. You know, I'm putting a lawn here. I'm going five miles per hour, but it's going to get faster. I'm going to get ahead. I'm just going to sit here and listen to some music and dance in my car. It's all good. Yeah. You know? And then Definitely. you just, you, it just picks up. So I don't know. I just feel like the whole T1D and Glamorous was all about putting my positive mindset out there through diabetes. But I found better results speaking on podcasts about diabetes and, you know, talk shows and stuff. I find that as much more of an inspiration. But I know eventually T1D will take off and it will be something worldly. But right now it's just kind of like, it's just a proud moment for me that I decided to do that. Oh, definitely. And it sounds like a great message that a lot of people can embrace as it continues to move forward. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely will. And so we'll just have to see where that goes. Definitely. And how did, speaking of podcasts, how did you find Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine? Well, I was just, this funny, I was um, doing PR for um, the Lychee Cosmetics and I was looking for beauty podcasts. So I looked up beauty and fashion and then it, this, um, forgot where it, I found it. It was like a whole platform. Maybe it was on iTunes. It was a whole platform of all these different podcasts on there for fashion and beauty and yours was on there. So when I was looking for her, I said, Oh, well this one seems interesting. I like to talk to these ladies, you know? So, <laughs> Well, uh, we are so, so happy you reached out, but I was just, I was wondering that that's awesome. Well, it's, it's all about searching. And I think a lot of times we're, you know, we have social media and we're all putting ourselves out there in social media. But for me, I'm more of, I think myself of as more of a hunter where I'm always hunting for things. I'm always looking for new opportunities and stuff. So I, when, when I'm looking for other people, I find things for myself sometimes or, or for somebody else. So, I mean, it's just looking and constantly kind of just keeping your horizon open because, you know, for the longest time when I was growing up, you know, I remember stories from like Cindy Crawford and stuff and, and some of those other big models, how they were found at malls. And I was in retail for 10 years of my life starting at 16. So I was like, oh, I want to be a model and I'm going to be found at the mall. No, I was never found at the mall because, sometimes, <laughs> you, because you have to kind of put yourself out there. You know, Cindy Crawford, that's great. She was found on a mall. You know, that's, that's, that was, that's her story. That's, that's her, you know, her race that she's running, but her race isn't my race. So I wasn't supposed to get found in a mall. So I basically had to put myself out there and figure out what I wanted to do, you know, and then I kind of just found journalism and writing and fashion and, and I went in a completely different direction. But see, that was what I was supposed to do, not to be discovered at a mall at the age of like maybe 18 or something. So but you just have to put yourself out there. That's the only thing I can tell people. Put yourself out there, look for things, and things will come to you. So, And it feels like there's a little bit of no fear in your personality. You, I don't know well, that you have fear. <laughs> um, well, when you're a diabetic, you have to kind of like, because diabetes, it's like, I've learned with diabetes that you can actually give yourself too much insulin 
insulin and give yourself a low blood sugar and go into a low blood sugar coma thing. So I've learned that the hard way where you have to like adjust yourself. So every day is a number game. So you kind of just have to have more of a mindset of strength and have mental strength and physical strength because it's a, it's crazy with like, you know, like if I drink too much red wine, they'll stay in my system and then my blood sugar starts to drop. And the next day my blood sugar is low and it starts to drop lower because it, that's what it does to your, to diabetics. It lowers the blood sugar because a lot of people think it raises it up. It actually lowers it down. No, the white wine and champagne that raises it up and that's just terrible. But, um, but it tastes so good. Champagne. Right. I love um, my bubbles. I, know. I love my oh. bubbles. <laughs> oh my God. I did a photo shoot in a bathtub with champagne <gasps> one time and it was just the one that with diamonds everywhere and roses. I was just like, Oh my God. And it was just like, you can't say no to champagne. If someone, like, my old thing is, you know, I'll drink my red wine and stuff, but if someone offers me champagne, I cannot say no. I will have to take my insulin because it's just, (laughs) it's just so, like, glamorous. It's, like, it's just everything. So I don't know. I just love it. But, no, I'm just, a lot of people say that I'm strong, and I believe I am. But, you know, us strong people, we have our moments. But every time you have a moment, you come back stronger. And I think every, I think all those moments have made me stronger. You know, all the, all the times that, you know, something didn't work out or a photo shoot didn't go the way I wanted it to go or the styling or whatever it was. It's just, it gives you an opportunity to step back. You know, if, if you're upset with yourself or you do the cry thing or whatever it is, you, you recompose yourself and you go, okay, what did I do wrong? what did the other person do wrong? And you kind of just figure it out, like, you know, like a kind of like an entrepreneur mindset, you try to figure out what happened. And then you try to just go forward from it. Because I think too many times people point the finger and they try to put the blame on somebody else. And in reality, you have to own your own ugliness, you have to own up to your own mistakes, too, because you're not perfect in the situation. And maybe the other person wasn't perfect. But you know, you, you just kind of have to figure out what you've done wrong. And I think that makes us stronger, too, as a person. Definitely. And you you recently um, announced that you're going to be the host for an event in your area, correct? Could oh, tour yeah, for a cause. Tell us uh, about yes, that. Fa- fashion Community Week, San Francisco. It was funny last year. The, I was supposed to write some stories for them for Vray um, Magazine for um, Fashion Week over there, but then my schedule went so crazy, I wasn't able to do it, and so I was, you know, kind of disappointed. So this year, they came back, and they said, did you want to write for us, or, or, and I said, well, can I model? And it was so funny. It was like, you know, I'm 35, and yeah, I, I, you know, do modeling for other companies and stuff, but it's Fashion Community Week is more for the, you know, the younger girls that are looking to be represented and to looking to build their, their resume. So the producer said, what if you just host? And I said, I would love to. That's even better. Yeah, what a great opportunity. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, you know, I don't need to walk the runway. Like, I I could just host it. That's amazing. So we were talking. Actually, it was funny that uh, the producer and I were talking yesterday. And she was telling me, okay, um, you're going to be doing um, the couture night. And I was like, are you kidding me? And she's like, well, did you want to do a different night? I was like, no, that's the night I wanted. That's right up your alley, right? And I manifested that. See what I'm telling? The positive vibes and manifesting it and really just like putting it in your mindset that you're going to do that because she felt like my look was all vintage glamour and, you know, the whole European look thing. She was just like, yeah, it just makes sense to put you on the couture night. And that's the night I wanted. So it was just perfect. So now we have to get the designer to figure out what dress I'm going to wear from which designer that evening and so on. So I'm just like, that sounds like amazing fun. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And it's my first time doing anything like this. So, I mean, there you go growing again, you're expanding yourself. So, 
So that's what I'm, and then I'm doing, um, in October, I've been asked to speak at the Sacramento Women's Expo. Oh, wow. So that's going to be an amazing experience because I get to talk to women on a level of, you know, helping them become entrepreneurs or helping them with their mindset. And, you know, and it's just all my helpful tips and my journey of how, you know, where I've come from in, you know, as a business and step-by-step what I did. And I don't know, I just feel like that's going to be like, that's an aha moment for me because I've always, I always wanted to be, it's kind of funny. I always wanted to be one of those teachers in college that lectures but that was it. I, I, did, I never knew what subject I wanted to do, but I just wanted to be a teacher that lectured. And maybe that being that mindset of wanting to be a teacher that lectured is more being a public speaker. That's basically, mm. but I, maybe when I was younger, I didn't know what that term was because back in the day, there wasn't a lot of public speakers that you hear about. Now you hear a lot about them. But um, back then, it wasn't that many that I knew of. So apparently now, like, Fast forward 20 some years later, now I'm going to be speaking. So, I mean, it's just kind of like sometimes the things that you do younger in life and you want, if they're meant to stick with you, they come with you later on in life. So, I Definitely. don't know. Now, um, so this is your full-time job, correct? Yes. So, where do you find the drive? Because I'm I'm a corporate America slave, so I I have the eight to five parameter. I that's what drives me. I get there, I do the job, I love my job, and then I go home and have my fun. I I feel like with my personality, it would be challenging to find that drive to be constant. And how do you break away from that constant to find your fun and your your chill time? Well, to me, it's your why. When you figure out your why in life, nothing can stop you. When you figure out why you want to do what you want to do, no corporate job, nothing can ever stop you. Because I, I actually originally came before before I left everything. I came from a corporate job as well. And I never allowed it to stop me. Like on my breaks, I would be doing my blogging. Or when I was at lunchtime, I would be, you know, like if I had nowhere to go, because I only had a 30-minute lunch, you know, for my schedule. Mm-hmm. So I'd be in my car, like on my iPhone, trying to figure things out, email people. Like I was always constantly trying to figure something out. And it was pretty, I was pretty lucky because that's when I was first starting my blog off. And mm-hmm. I was right across the street from one of the malls. So I was a style setter from the mall and my corporate building was right across the street. So it was just one of those things like, wow, that's kind of odd that I could just walk from at lunchtime over to the mall and talk to a couple retailers and then walk back to work. Right. That's interesting. So, I mean, sometimes things like, you know, happen like that, but it's kind of like, you just never have to allow anything else around you to stop your why. My why is just to have a voice in the industry and just be of influence to people. I want to be an inspiration to people. I want people to look at my story and go, she never stopped. So therefore, what's my excuse? I don't, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to continue to do what I need to do. And as for chill time, drinking a glass of wine, prospecting at my computer <laughs> is my chill time. You know, Perfect. I mean, taking, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't like, I went to Hawaii for, you know, Hawaii Now News. Um, I did a podcast out there and then I did a photo shoot out there for Gladys Magazine. And I didn't have no chill time because I'm not a chill person. You know, I'm a type A. So it's just like, it's high energy. Keep me busy. Don't let me sit down because it's only going to last for a few minutes. (laughs) So, so that's just how I am as a type A. But I mean, imagine if I was like a type B and I was much more chill, but would I have that same kind of drive? You wouldn't be you. No, 
You would be no, me. So, <laughs> no, are you are you a B? Are you a type B? I am. I'm I'm very much chill. Oh. I have my fun. Like my podcasting is my fun. I, I love okay. music. I love I, I music. I love concerts. I love you know slipping away from the go 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 and getting into my happy place. So that is yeah. I I wish I could be more type A. I really do. You you can. It's just in your mindset, but you just have to figure out like what what you would probably have to do is just figure out your weaknesses of okay, you, you, if you know what a type A is, you just have to go mm-hmm. okay, I'm a type B, so I know what the weaknesses I have because the weaknesses are like, you know, like maybe the high energy in this or whatever that is. So you just have to take a little bit of your B and kind of blend it over to it type A and just kind of like a recipe, you just have to kind of blend it and mix it around or something, you know, and just kind of feel like where where there's a well balance between the two of it, because you can migrate over to a type A, you're not going to be a full type A, Oh no, you know, <laughs> but you'll be you'll be you'll, you can have a little bit of that come over to you. It's, it's not like you're never going to do it, but just find something and work on that because little steps and little decisions make you know, huge impact later on in life. So if you just started to do a little things that a type A does, mm-hmm. it's not going to change who you are. You're always going to be you, which is going to be amazing. But you just have a little bit more of those traits that you're you're looking for. Excellent. If that makes sense. And yeah. What, what does the future look like for you, for, you know, you're rich in, in love, for your, you know, T1D and glamorous? What map are you creating for your future? I've always loved connecting people. As you can tell in the beginning mm-hmm. of the podcast, I was connecting you with wineries. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> so f- for me, I have always, like, I was talking to one of my first business mentors. She told me once, she said, you know, she said, I don't know why you don't do PR or media relations. And I was like, what's, I didn't even really understand all of that. And she, and she was like, well, you're doing it right now. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you do it right now. You connect so many people. You're on Twitter and you're connecting people that you've done sponsorships with, with somebody else Mm -hmm. that you don't even know. And you see the connection and you connect them too. And it's just crazy how you're just doing that because a lot of people do it only if they're paid. And I was just like, well, I thought that's just being grateful and just women supporting women. Like, I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Like, you know, aren't we both supposed to be nice? And she's like, well, yeah, you're supposed to be nice. But at the same time, you should do this as a business too. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. So I put it in my little gratitude journal, you know, just kind of wrote little notes on it. And then, you know, because she told me write a list of things that you want to do. So I did. And I wrote them in there. And one of them was to be in a calendar, which I'm going to be in a diabetic calendar at the end of the year. I already oh, congratulations. Did awesome. It was for diabetes. It's called uh, T1D and Expose. So be careful what you write down because it does come true eventually. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I wrote it down, but it's T1D Expose because it's a nude advocacy project it's on my website yeah it's on my website yeah it's very scandalous (laughs) um so so you go on my website and if you click the right button you'll see me there with my back exposed with some vintage fur on and so um kind of like a james manfield kind of pose but that's not the exact pose they're using they're using a different one but i can't show that one until the calendar comes out but the thing the thing about that was i wanted to be on a calendar so bad and I thought I was going to make a counter of myself for 12 Snap months. Like fish. who's going to buy, yeah, <laughs> like, like, like who's going to buy 12 months of me, but okay, whatever. So I, I put it down on my counter. I mean, on my, in my journal thinking, okay, that might happen. Well, I didn't, I didn't realize social media again, me connecting with people. I found this contest, didn't look into it too much. Then I got 
you know, voted on, like, okay, you're one of the contestants that, yeah, you know, we want you to be in the counter. I went to their main website and researching it. I was like, oh, this is nude for diabetes. Wow. That's interesting. I'm going to be naked, but I'm not really naked. It's just kind of like, you know, you're naked when you're doing the photo shoot, but you have certain parts covered up obviously, but it was just kind of one of those things where it's just like, I don't know. I see myself being much more like that was huge for me as a diabetes advocate. So I see myself doing much more real work like that. I see myself doing more PR, public relations. I want to connect people. I do see myself still doing vintage glamour. That's something I will always be, you know, but I don't know with my blog, I'm teeter totting on that. Like, do I continue doing that? Cause I find my time's very limited now. So I'm kind of going back on back and forth on that. So, I mean, I, I might have to drink a glass of wine and think about that. I, mean, I don't know. Wine makes everything better. And you, you mentioned your, your vintage, your glamour. Um, where does that inspiration come from when it comes to your fashion sense? Because it is very vintage. It's classic and it's beautiful. But where does your inspiration come for that? Um, the women of the 1950s first. And then my grandmother, when I was eight years old, I sat at her vanity and I put her red Revlon lipstick on and I I didn't even know what the heck I was doing, but I put it on and I just looked at the mirror and I was like, I want to be glamorous, you know? And then I watched movies like All About Eve, um, on Sunset Boulevard. There were so many great black and white movies. Like Norma Desmond was in Sunset Boulevard, the character. It was just like, you just, you grow up and you know, that just gets into your like subconscious mind where you just, it just stays there. And then eventually it just kind of like manifests and happens. And, you know, it wasn't until that day I put that vintage hat on that I knew that I wanted to do this head to toe. But a lot of times with vintage, you got to be careful how you style it. And luckily I've had, you know, close to 10 years in retail on fashion merchandising that I know how to do luxury and vintage and put it together. So it does not look like a costume. And I think some people wear vintage and it just comes off way too much like it's a costume from the 1950s, like you just got it at the party store, you know? And to me, I wanted to make it something elegant. So when people look at it, they go, oh, maybe I could wear that. You know, it's not uh, instead of going, oh, well, that looks like a costume. That, she looks funny in that. I didn't want that. I wanted to be kind of natural as if that's just who I am, which I am. So. I feel like if I were to be just randomly cruising the internet and I found your picture, I would not know if it was from 2017 or from 1950. So I think you pulled oh, it off I love you very well. That. Thank you. Very Thank well. Thank you. My, my job's done, then maybe I should still do the blogging. Then. I don't know. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Can you tell everyone where to find you? Um, everybody can find me on richandlovefashion.com. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram, which is the same thing, Rich and Love Fashion. Um, if you want to know updates, you know, like what's going on next or whatever with, you know, pr- events or projects I'm working on, Twitter with Doris underscore Hobbs. And I think that's pretty much the main places on social media to find me. I mean, yeah, of course I'm on like LinkedIn and, you know, stuff like that. But the boring I, Facebook. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> well, see, Facebook, I mean, I'm not on there as often. So if you really want to find me, Instagram and, and Twitter are the two places I hit all the time. Your so that's world the, is more places. visual. So Instagram would be your would be your bread and butter, I would assume. Yeah, it's more of my portfolio. I yeah. kind of think of it's like my portfolio and my story at the same time. And so, I mean, it just shares my why and my story. And so we'll just, we'll see where it takes me next. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And if you want to be on again, you're more than welcome. Just I let actually, us know. I actually, 
I actually have my makeup artist. I would love for her to come on because she's doing her launch in September and I've been helping her, you know, work on it and stuff for media and stuff. And I just feel like she's coming out with a product that that's been taking about 10 years to create and get it perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah. So this is 10 years in the making and it's a problem solving foundation system that nobody has ever done before. And I'm shocked that no one's ever done this before because it gives women total control of their beauty. I'm and intrigued and, and completely. I, um, you have me if you engaged. Go to, okay, go to my website and go uh-huh. to the bottom where it says that you'll see the little box and the ads down there and I'll say Beleche. Click that, go to her website. You'll see me modeling on there as well. But anyways, um, go click that, play around there. And if you want to have her as a guest, let me know and I'll get you. I'll get her on there for you. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, really. Um, yeah, I no really problem. appreciate this. <laughs> and yeah, we'll get this posted within the next couple of days and I'll tag you in okay. it. Perfect. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Mm, no. Um, well, I could, I could say this real quick. Every setback's a setup for the glamour in life. Ooh, very like nice. That. That's my tagline. That's I've used that for a while because I really feel like, you know, the diabetes was my setback. It was mm-hmm. supposed to set me back and most people it would have. But because, you know, like the strong mindset and the strongness I have, I was like, no, this is going to set me up for the glamour in life because it has. So, I mean, I try not to look at my diabetes as a bad thing. I try to look at it as it set me up for something amazing. And now I'm able to talk to women and support people and be an inspiration. Like that's my goal. So it's happening and uh, maybe on a small platform, but it's growing, it's growing. So, I mean, it's, it's going to happen and hopefully Sacramento fashion week will really help it grow. And I just want to support as many women as I possibly can, because we all deserve to have our dreams come true, you know? So, I mean, it's just a matter of having someone out there that believes in you and says, you can do it. If I did it, you can do it. You know, so definitely that's an awesome message. Thank you guys so much for listening. You found us once, but can you find us again? Make sure and check out our website at two girls in a bottle of You can listen to us on Podbean, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher. All of our links can be found on Tumblr and Blogspot. Thanks, and we'll see you again soon.